Hello, and welcome to the Art of Selling Online Courses. We're here to share winning strategies and secret hacks from top performers in the online course industry. My name is John Ainsworth, and today's guest is Itamar Marani. He was in the Israeli Special Forces, spent over 10 years in federal and private international counterterrorism units, was the youngest air marshal in Israel's history, is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt who was ranked number 10 in the world or top 10 in the world for the amateur levels. He was chief of security for a billionaire, has been mentored by the Israeli Mossad's head psychologist, and he now leads the arena. It is a mindset accelerator focused on emotional fortitude and effective mindset for entrepreneurs. So through that, he's helped over 100 six to eight figure entrepreneurs evolve into better versions of themselves through group and private coaching, and then get incredible business results as a result of that. That includes me as well. I've worked with Itamar one-to-one and in his group sessions as well, and it's been fantastic. So today we're going to be talking about how to know if your mindset is off, why you might not be taking action on something that you know works and what to do about it. And then two case studies of course creators who've worked with Itamar and then grew their business as a result. Before we dive into our interview with today's guest, I want to remind you that you can learn how to two to five times your revenue by going to datadrivenmarketing.co slash webinar. There's a recording of a 45-minute presentation I gave to hundreds of online course creators about the process we use to two to five times your revenue. I've had people come up to me at conferences after watching this presentation who have made tens of thousands of dollars just from implementing one of the techniques. So go to datadrivenmarketing.co slash webinar and sign up. Itamar, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for having me, John. Appreciate it. So, mindset. A lot of people might think this is a little bit fluffy, and you're not a terribly fluffy kind of person. So, <laughs> so let's go through this. What are the things that so we teach people a lot of times, like what it is they need to do, and we show them the techniques, and they often don't do that. What are you seeing? What are the reasons why people are not taking action. Can I actually walk that back a little bit? context. So I think what you said at the beginning there that how to know if your mindset is off. That's mm-hmm. the interesting part why most people think it's kind of fluffy or it's vague. It's like, what is off? What is on me? And when you boil it down, mindset is an access issue. And if you think about the theory of constraints, for example, if you know exactly what to do because you've told them what to do. So the technical aspect isn't what's holding back their success, but they're not able to actually implement it and do it and they know that like, ah, for some reason, I'm not able to get myself to pull the trigger. That's probably their mindset. So for those thing about this mindset is your ability to access your skill set, to actually do the things that will make an impact. And instead of thinking is my mindset on or is it off a very simple binary way to think, is it holding me back from succeeding? Is somebody else with my skill sets achieving more than me? Or even someone with less skill sets than me achieving more than me? That probably means that my mindset is a constraint. And when you look at it from that kind of angle, it becomes less fluffy because you're actually thinking, is this holding me back or is this enabling me to succeed? So for like, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Great. So the question I think was, what are the main issues that cause this? Mm-hmm. For what I've seen in, I work with a couple of course creators. It's usually course creators are not like, let's say venture funded people that start out and they have this thing like, I'm going to build a billion dollar company. And I deserve to build a billion dollar company. They usually start off much smaller. And for some of them, they just hit the right market, the right messaging, or just have a really, really great product. And they grow. And all of a sudden, sometimes they grow beyond what they think they should have been or what they expected, or what they hoped for at the beginning. And they hit this kind of glass ceiling where they're not sure if they're capable of building it to a different level, if they deserve to bring it to a different level, or if it's greedy to even make more money, even though they're helping a lot of people at scale. 
well, is this, should I just lower my prices maybe or not send out that email? Or what will people think about me if I do? And all this kind of stuff. And it's like one of them said they have head trash. And I liked how he said it because just that it's, they hold themselves back because they have some emotional pull there, a belief that if they go to the next level, something bad is going to happen. They have a fear that like a fear. It's a belief that something is likely to cause you harm or endanger you. And a belief is just something that you hold to be true for you. And for most of these people, they just hold a certain belief that if I go above this threshold, I'm going to suffer some kind of pain. And because of that, even though they have the skill set to go to the next level, they don't actualize that skill set because they're afraid of what they think is on the other side. For them. Does that click? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I see a lot of course creators. It's really interesting because we work with mostly people who've started out, they had an, ex an area of expertise, they started making content around it. Then at some point they start doing courses and then people bought the courses, but they've never really learned the like marketing skills. They've also not really learned the business approach to things. And occasionally we work with business people who bought a, a course business. Yeah. And they're like, right, what do we need to do? What's the system? What's the numbers? What do we need to have in place? It's like, just let's just get this stuff done. And it's very different. And I think that what you're saying around the the way that a lot of course creators have started, and probably if you're listening to this, this is you. Like, it's not the place that you started from. It's not the, the way that you were in place you were necessarily trying to get to, but you'd like now to make some more money. You know, you've got to a stage where you're like, okay, this is cool. This is great. This is working. Now I want to go further but you haven't thought through, well, what do I need to change in the way I think about things in order to get there? Can I add a caveat to mm -hmm. that? So we can hold different desires at the same time. And what I see a lot of times people, they consciously, they would like to make more money. They would like to grow their income, whatever it may be. But what they don't recognize subconsciously that they also want something else. That's to not be judged as greedy. Mm -hmm. To not risk what already is working well, to not risk their stability, their safety, whatever it may be. And most people don't recognize that they actually want that second thing as well. And because they don't recognize that and they just think, I want to make more money, why am I not making more money? They're not actually able to solve the problem because they're unable to identify it. Now, like you said, like if you give people the skills and you guys give people like all the systems, everything to do, and they still don't do it, it's probably because they want to make more money, but there's another desire that's actually stronger than that. Mm. And again, not wanting to feel a certain fear or a certain level of risk, that's also a desire. And that's something really important to recognize that if you're saying to yourself, I want to make more money, but for whatever reason, you're not doing it, there's also something else that you probably crave that's superseding that. And that more, what I've noticed is more often than not, it's some kind of fear. And it's a fear of having some kind of feeling you don't want to feel. Whether it's feeling you're a bad person, you're greedy, you're going to risk it, you're going to face some volatility, whatever it may be. And I think being aware of that is really powerful because it's the first step towards resolving it. Yeah, the biggest fear that we see with most course creators is a fear of being seen as salesy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fascinating because if most course creators do email promotions two to three times a year. They do Black Friday, maybe Independence Day, maybe their birthday, New Year, something like two or three times a year. And if you look at the revenue, there's a massive spike at those times. And so we say to them, well, how come you don't do more email promotions? And they say, well, because I don't want to be too salesy and spammy. I don't want to be too aggressive. If you actually look technically 
at the emails that they are sending at those times, they're very salesy. They're like, we have a discount, go buy the thing as a discount. If you look at the way we do it, it's much less salesy. But the fear is so great that they've never considered that a lot of people don't consider, well, how could I do it differently? Is there somewhere around that? And so I see that like it's very physical in people, this trying to avoid that feeling. Let's break this down a bit. The fear of being salesy, nobody really cares about being salesy. They care about being judged as a bad person, as someone who's not actually a giver, but someone who's just a taker. And that's really what the root of it is. Now, it's interesting that you say that, that they're willing to do something that it's more salesy, but three times a year. It's probably because they know that they should be putting this offer and they can kind of brace themselves for that emotional impact three times a year. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're only able to do it then. And they're not even able to logically think, well, is there another option? Yeah. Usually, and I'm sure anyone here is listening to this, if you've ever had an argument with another individual and they get very binary, it's because they're getting emotional. They're not being logical. So they're saying, okay, this is why I think this way. And here's X, Y, Z reasons. They just come to like a very strong stance about something and they can't really articulate why they're being emotional. It's not their evolved self acting out. Kind of this primal self out there that wants to survive, wants to basically hold on to something and make sure they're safe. And I think it's probably what happens to a lot of these guys guys and gals that are creating the courses it's like you got to dig beyond that recognize what's the fear that's feeling like if i'm salesy this is what it will mean and if this is what it'll mean this is the harm it'll do me because if you can first off flush out that chain and then you can falsify a part of it all of a sudden sending out a promotion email doesn't mean if i send a promotion email then i'll be salesy and then people will judge me and then i'll be a bad person it just means hey i can do this in a way that actually gives people a lot of value and gives them an opportunity to up level themselves and that's a big difference. Then you don't have to only like brace for impact three times a year because you can constantly do something that doesn't have as much meaning behind it, as much emotional weight for you. Can we talk through what someone might do in order to address that? Then if someone's got that fear, they're concerned about that. As a couple of course creators that you've worked with who've been through a similar kind of process, do you talk through like what some of the things were that they were able to do to help with it? Let's talk about the first one. Let's keep them anonymous for namesake. But basically, so they were at 20K a month. And we started working together. And then I figured something out that was going on with them. They were finally able to do the things that you specifically had told them to do. And then they jumped to 80K a month within, I think, a couple of weeks. Now, I figured out when working with them, they knew exactly what to do. They know how to do it. But they have this thing about being salesy. And it wasn't that they really cared so much about, oh, people are going to reject this or people are going to think like low of my sales ability or whatever it may be. When we really boiled down to it, and they grew very religious Catholic, there's a lot of stuff there, a lot of stuff about money. And whenever somebody talks to me with a bit of an accent, an Irish accent, and I know they're Catholic, there's probably going to be something there about money. That's just kind of how it is. And when we really dug down into it, into their belief structures and how their subconscious mind works, they had a belief that if I make a lot of money, then that means I'm greedy. And people who make a lot of money are bad people. These were beliefs that they weren't consciously aware that they had, but it was something that they picked up in their childhood because that's what the kids at school that grew up not so well off would say. And without recognizing it, it was just an imprint that formed inside of them. And once we were able to flush that out, it became interesting because then it was thinking, okay, let's challenge this. Is this the truth? Is this like gravity science? Is this just a truth that's in the world? Or is this just a belief, something that you hold to be true for you because of your past experiences? And we flushed it out and recognized, you know what? I can actually make a lot of money 
And instead of being greedy, I can actually be very helpful to a lot of people. I can do some really positive things with this, both for my inner circle, my family, and beyond that. And actually, if I can help more people and do it in a way that's just at scale, that's great. It's not like I'm taking anything without giving anything back. And once they release the faucet of that fear of, if I make more money, then I'm greedy, they give themselves permission to go ahead and make more money. I think, and again, I think you even queued them exactly what emails to send. They just weren't pressing the trigger. They weren't pulling the trigger on it. And it was just that. It's like them relieving the tension, the emotional weight of why they thought this was a bad idea, why this would cause them pain because they did not want to be a, belt, a bad person who was greedy. That allowed the action to happen. So for the listener, what's the concrete steps that they can go through to try and identify what those beliefs are? Great question. So first off, if you know you shouldn't be doing it, but you're not, like logically, you know, this would give me a lot of money, but I'm not doing it. Ask why. Why am I afraid of this? What do I think is the consequence on the other hand of this? Why am I so resistant to it? And you just being able to flush that out, that's going to be more than half the battle. Because a lot of times you can just see it in front of you all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's, that's, that doesn't make any sense. I'll let go of that. And the way I like to do that is I'm not a fan of the whole limiting belief stuff, positive belief, all that kind of jazz. Because basically if I'm asking you what your limiting beliefs are, I'm asking you, what are you already aware of that is limiting you? And for that individual that we just talked about, they weren't even aware of that stuff. So what we like to do is help people just flush out their entire belief structure that around this process. For example, if I do this, then that will mean Y. In order to get X, I need to do Z. Or the world is just like this. People are. Life is. I am. And when you put all these kind of, it's called structures, and people can just flush out their beliefs around certain areas, around personal life, around business, around money, around health, they can all of a sudden get a clear view of how they actually think inside of them. And all of a sudden, when you have a big list of all these kind of philosophies or like beliefs, rules, whatever you want to call them, and you can say, which ones are actually affecting my business negatively? If I could just issue three of these, and I could theoretically wave a magic wand, and I wouldn't have these, I knew I'd be able to take the actions that will serve me. Then you can figure out, okay, these are the impactful ones. And for that individual, that's what it was, that making more money is greedy. And if I make more money, then I'm a bad person. Because you recognize, oh, if you just didn't have these two things, there was a clone of you without these two things, they would take the actions. So the exercise is write out after, under a number of different prompts, the answers to them. So there was people are, life is, I am, what some of the other prompts and people should write out. In order to X, I need to Y. For example, this is probably one a lot of people have that in order to make more money, I need to sacrifice my integrity. That's a lot of course creators have. Or that if I want to make more money, then that means I'm going to have to sell out. Or if I make more money, then people will think less of me. My audience won't like me anymore. I won't get as much respect. Mm -hmm. Does that ring true for like what you see from the course creators? Yeah, 100%. There's real issues around what will people think about me as a person? That's the reason they don't want to be yeah. salesy, because then people are going to think that they're not a good person, and then they will feel bad about themselves. Most people have no idea who they really care about, who they want respect from. What are you optimizing your goals around because of that? If you just don't want anyone to think negatively of you, you can just stay in a hole by yourself, locked in your room, and that's it. 
But regardless of what you do, what kind of actions you do, I think accepting that some people are going to have a negative reaction to it, it's very freeing. Mm. We had a that's client. One thing. Sorry, go ahead. We had a client. He had an email list of 55,000, and it felt like he had a personal relationship with every single one of them. If anybody ever replied with anything negative ever, that upset him. I was like, yeah. dude, just it's all right. It's free, this thing that you're doing, sending out these emails. They don't have to be on your list. It's all right. It's okay. I'll say this. I think we all intrinsically, we want and we create, we have an, a tribal need for approval and respect from someone. And I think that's why it's so important to recognize that and be hyper-intentional about who you want respect and approval from. Mm. Because if you just are not aware of it, then you're going to crave it from everyone. Because that's how you're wired. We're like, again, we evolved 100,000 years ago. We don't recognize yet that we have access to, how you said, 55,000 people. That was no one's tribe 100,000 years ago. <laughs> but so like you're wired to think I need approval from everyone from my tribe. Because if yeah. I get ostracized by them, I'm going to loan the Savannah by myself 100,000 years ago, I die. But the reality is in today's modern world, that's not how it is. So if you decide this is how I'm going to be intentional about who I crave approval from, my immediate family, my friends who support what I'm doing and want what's best for me. Or even what I really like to think about is my future self. What actions do I take today that my future self will look back on and say, I'm proud of you. Good job. That was difficult. You did the right thing. Because if I can recognize I'm optimizing for those kind of people's approval, then when somebody says something negative, it's not the person who I cared about anyway. I don't crave the approval from them. Mm. And it makes that kind of hit much, much easier. Okay. So recap. The exercise is... For each of these different prompts, people are, life is, I am, in order to X, I need to Y, spend, what would you say, like four or five minutes on each one, something like that? Yeah, so we were going to give this anyway at the end of the podcast, mm -hmm. but the micro course I was going to suggest to people, it covered, it takes them exactly through those steps. Perfect. Yeah, so literally there's a bunch more exercises and it takes you exactly, like, stop here, do this for four minutes, stop here, do this for three minutes. And a step-by-step -step process. You can really flush out everything that's going on. And then you can stress test and see if this is true or is it's not. And, and it I'd gives like, people a lot of clarity. I'd like to give you an advance warning on this. If you go through the micro course <laughs> and you answer these questions, you will feel uncomfortable. <laughs> you yeah. will feel emotionally uncomfortable. You might have these thoughts going through your head like, well, I don't want to do this. I'm going to stop that. Just do the exercises. Trust me. This is like very worthwhile stuff to go through super helpful so you said you got another case study of someone who'd been through and had uh, some blockages yeah so this was a bit of a different angle same kind of deal he had everything in place had a ton of traffic massive youtube channel ton of traffic but wasn't nearly pushing the envelope of what he could do to optimize things and just get a lot more cash he was also working with you guys before that and what i recognized with him he had this glass ceiling thing as well but in a different way so he had a fear of worthiness that he grew up in some challenging circumstances and also in his early adult life, things were a bit challenging and he just wasn't sure he was good enough. So him making a certain amount of money from just a YouTube revenue, I was like, whoa, this almost feels unsteady. Mm -hmm. This is more than I'm supposed to have, quote unquote, than I thought I would ever have. So building a course business on top of that, it makes even more. It felt just beyond his reach. Did I just get lucky here? Is this dangerous? Like if I try to go more, is it all going to fall apart because I'm not capable of more and I, I shouldn't be having more? 
And those kind of thoughts held him back. And that's what I see in a lot of people as well. It's like outside of course creation and all that. People have this vision of where they're supposed to go, this glass ceiling, because of what they think they deserve, because of their past. They anchor what they should be able to get in the future to their past, and it stops them. And again, he just thought he was worthy, let's say, of, I'm going to say like 30K. So when the business got to 50K, it felt terrifying to him because he thought, I'm capable of running a 30K business. I am not capable of, I'm not the kind of person who's good enough to run a 50K business. So therefore, let me just shut it down here. Even though you guys are telling him, listen, you just do these things, you can get to 100K. That, that gap there, just like he was like, this is not for me. I'm not capable of that. Because again, he just feared for his security. That's stability. So it makes sense so far. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And for him, the big switch was recognizing that your past doesn't dictate how your future needs to be. And he wasn't even aware consciously of the fact that he thought that he deserved a 30K business. He wasn't aware of it. It just felt really uncomfortable. Mm. And once he recognized, you know what? This is just actually what's going on. He was a very cognitive guy. So when he recognized this is what's going on in my head, this is a story I'm telling myself that anything, he had this story, this belief that if we make more than 30K, then things are getting risky. They're getting dangerous. I'm playing too big. I'm too big for my britches, so to speak. And once he recognized that that's just a belief that I hold, but it's actually when I look at my skill set and how I've been able to evolve and build the YouTube channel and then build the courses as well, it's showcasing that I'm the kind of person who's actually capable of growth. 30K isn't a limit that's just set. It's maybe possible for who I was back then, but I can grow into someone who can get to 60, 70, 80, 90, 100K. And there's some proof here as well. So therefore, this belief that I held that if I go above 30, things are going to collapse it's not true. And if it's not true, I can start exploring beyond that. I can give myself that permission. So how, if he wasn't consciously aware of the fact that that was the belief that he had, how did you manage to flesh that one out? He did the same exercise we did just with the other person. Okay. We did ask him, like, I because I recognized that he was holding himself back at 30. So I asked him straight up, what do you think the consequence is of you going above that? It might fall apart, man. Like, why? He said, oh, because it's going to get too complicated. Okay, but why do you think it's going to fall apart? And we did a couple, like, five whys, mm -hmm. so to speak. And he's like, I'm not sure I'm good enough to handle it. It's like, okay, now we're clear on why you're actually holding yourself back. Because there's a lack of confidence there that you feel you might not be good enough. Now, why did you come up to this conclusion that you might not be good enough? Where is this lack of confidence coming from? Because logically, you told me about your progress, that you're capable of building and growing. So where is this coming from? Where did you learn this to be true? That you as an individual, I don't want to say his name, are not a competent individual that can grow. Who taught you this? What situation caused you to think this way? And when we dug into that, we recognized a lot of it came from his childhood. He had some rough experiences. He had a couple of failures. And he thought that those things defined him. Mm. And because of that, that's how he moved in the world. And the more we kind of pulled the thread in again, because he was pretty cognitive, pretty logical individual, the more we shed light on those things, the less scary they became, the less of a grip they had on him, so to speak. Because he was like, oh, that's what I think. Well, that doesn't really make any sense. And obviously there was still like, you know, pinch. Those emotions don't just completely dissipate, but he was able to move beyond them. And that's why he was able to scale. I remember, I think it would have been a few years ago now, you were at a conference and you were talking to the organizer of the conference about the fact that you wanted to be speaking on certain big stages and get paid tens of thousands of dollars. Do you remember this? 
Probably. It sounds like me. (laughs) (laughs) And he said to you, do you honestly think you're capable of that or something like that? And you Mm -hmm. said, no. And he's like, what? But you just told me you're going to do it. Do you remember this? I don't remember word for word, but I could understand how that would be. And I probably said, no, but not yet. But that's where I'm aiming to. So I'll change, I'll evolve and grow and we'll make it happen. Yeah. That's what you said. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a fascinating idea, I think, to a lot of people. If they're used to thinking about this is what I'm capable of, but that's not what you're going to be capable of because you're going to learn new things. It's like, it's not... I don't think it's the normal, it's like, that's the whole growth mindset concept, right? Versus fixed mindset, but it's not normal, I think, in a lot of situations. I think it's very abnormal. I say why. I think most people's fears hold them back from evolving into a different level. Again, it's very cliche to say, but we're not meant to thrive, we're meant to survive, that whole thing. And you got to remember that our brains evolved 100,000 years ago. And the most the strongest part of our brains, all that, like the back, the reptilian brain, whatever you want to call it, that's still the primary action taker. And people don't recognize that they have all these subconscious fears holding them back from evolving, growing to different versions of themselves. Because again, they are not trying to thrive, they're trying to survive and stay safe. And therefore, this whole concept of not having identity or a definition of who I am and what I deserve and what is safe for me, when you don't have that, that's when you can grow at a really rapid pace. Because you can just see the world for what it is and say, okay, this is what I need to do to get, for example, my case. This is what I want to do to get these kind of speaking gigs. This is how I can reverse engineer to get there. Let's do that. Now, if I was scared for being, if I was going to get judged, people won't love me about the uncertainty I'll have to deal with, or if I'm not good enough, there's no way I would take those actions. But because I did the work to figure out, do I have these beliefs, do I have these fears? And then I falsified all of these structures. It gives me that freedom of movement. And that's why he was, I think, weirded out by me, mm-hmm. because most people don't think in those terms. They think I'm kind of set, I'm not as malleable, because these fears keep people in a set base. They don't allow them that plasticity. One other thing that you'd said that I want to go back to and unpick is the five whys. Not everybody knows what the five whys exercise is. Could you talk people through that? Yeah. So usually when someone tells you something, it's not what's actually behind it. It's just a surface level reason. For example... I'm scared to grow. Like, I don't want to, like, we talk about it, but I don't want to be salesy. Why don't you want to be salesy? Because I'm afraid people will judge it negatively. Why are you afraid of people judging it negatively? Well, because I want everyone on my list to like me. Why do you want everyone to like you? Well, because in elementary school, I had a couple pick on me, a couple of people pick on me, and it felt really bad. And when everybody likes me, I just feel really good about myself. Okay. So you're not sending emails to your list because in elementary school, that's the situation that you faced once. And that's what's going on. And when you get to those kind of depths, that's when you can figure out the root cause of what's going on. And you can't really dissipate these things or resolve these things unless you get to the root of them. And what I usually try to ask people is the why's. It's not just why, but why do you feel this to be true? Where did you learn this from? Who taught you this? Or what example did you see that you figured out, okay, this is how the world works. Those kind of guiding questions to kind of peel back the onion until you feel something that, like I said, is uncomfortable. That's when you know you got the product of the root why. And it, a lot of times also feels, for a lot of people, it feels kind of ridiculous. They kind of step back and you're like, are you kidding me? Am I really not doing this in my business because of what happened to me in elementary school? And I'm like, this is kind of how your brain works. This is how you form these beliefs. And a lot of times it does happen in earlier parts of life. And this could be earlier part of life as far as life in general, your childhood, 
or an earlier part of business life, which I'm sure if you're a course creator and you tried to do a launch and it was your first launch ever, and you got five emails of people saying, hey man, you sold out, that's gonna leave a very different imprint than if it was your 100th launch and you got five emails from people saying, hey, you sold out. So it's also something to consider, like if you had things happen in an earlier point in life, they're gonna have a bigger sting. And this could be again, your personal life, life in general, or your business life. Your mind's gonna basically overvalue their impact just because you're more impressionable. Yeah, that makes sense. You kind of, you don't have enough experience around it to temper that. It just feels like, oh, this is how it is. To contextualize it. Beyond temper, yeah. it's to contextualize it. To say, okay, for example, if your first interaction with the world is, say, like, theoretically, you were shelled up in your house until you were five years old, and then the first time you went outside, somebody said something very negative to you. Your whole context of the world is, if I ever interact with the outside world, people will be negative to me. However, if you already had thousands of interactions, and then that's just one data point, that one person was negative to you, you can have it on a much more narrow belief. Not just that if I go outside, the world will be negative to me, but this specific person whose name is Jeff, if I meet him on a Tuesday and he's in a bad mood, he'll be negative. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. it's a massive difference though, what that freedom that it allows you because that person who doesn't have that context, he'll just stay sheltered in his home. And it's the same thing with your business. If you think just like, if I send out an email that's salesy and people will judge me and dislike me, then you're probably not going to do it. But if I send an email, there's always going to be a portion of people on my list who just want things for free. And they're also very entitled individuals. So even if I give them something for free, and I also ask them, hey, by the way, if you want something for a paid amount, this is phenomenal value. They're still going to find the time in their day to send something negative. And those are the kind of people that I should ignore. You give yourself a lot more freedom. It's just that context of understanding, like, is this just a data point? Is this just one person? Or am I trying to get approval from everyone, like we said earlier? Okay, so next steps for people, there's two options I wanted to talk through with you. Could you talk everybody through about the micro course first? Because you mentioned about that. Sure. So the micro course, basically in our like big flagship program, we have three parts. But first we get people really clear on their end goal. Then we get them the effective mindset. We reverse engineer, how does this person need to function in order to achieve that? And we kind of create this roadmap. And in theory, like, that would be fine if they were computers, but like we talked about this whole half hour, we're human. And we have to figure out what the human factor is and what's holding you back from achieving what you should be capable of doing right now. And that's where the micro course comes into play. We actually took a big chunk of one of the modules there about the human factor to flush out your subconscious. So you can recognize, do I have some belief structures here that are holding me back from implementing the skill set that I have and achieving what I could be achieving when I, and what I consciously say I want to achieve? Like what's a subconscious pull that's holding me back? Because if you can flush those out, I really believe you're more than halfway there. It's kind of like scary movies where they only show the monster halfway through the movie because once you see it, it's just not as scary anymore. It doesn't have that impact. It's the same kind of deal. Once you're able to shed a light on those blind spots, they lose a lot of their impact. So that's the micro course. We'll get a link for you guys. And basically it'll take you right through all those steps. Like I guide you through there. It's completely free. And just to make it as easy as possible. I think you've been through it as well, right? Before mm -hmm. you joined the program. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So then the arena, who's the arena appropriate for? Like who should be thinking, oh, right. Maybe instead of just going through the free micro course, I should go work with you guys. Which people is that right for? How should people think about that? So the way I like to say it is, is someone else with your exact skill set achieving more than you currently are? If that's the case, then you have a mindset issue. You're not able to access your skill set. So if you know exactly what to do, 
you know how to do it. You have the resources to do it, but you're not pulling the trigger. That means you need to work on your mindset. And I think the arena, honestly, is the best program in the world right now. I can say that confidently, like you've seen the results, both in yourself and in others. And because it is a system, like, I think there's an issue out there where people think that if I have a mindset block or I'm having some emotions around it, man, I'm just going to have to wait for this thing to heal or go for a decade of therapy or an ayahuasca trip or whatever it may be. And it's just not the case. Like if you're an A-type individual who wants to take aggressive action and remove whatever's holding you back, the arena is a phenomenal place for that. And it's a six-week sprint. We go at it very systematically and very aggressively to get you from point A, get you clear on what you want, reverse engineer how you get there, and then remove anything that can get in your way. So if you feel like you have the skill set, but you're not actualizing it, and you feel like you're sitting on at least 100K opportunity, like the arena is not for beginners. We do have the micro course for that. But if you feel like you're sitting on at least 100K opportunity, then we'd love for you to like figure out a time to talk, chat, and see if it's the right fit for you. And where should people go if they're interested to talk to someone about that? Go to itamarmarani.com slash apply, or just take a look around the website, itamarmarani.com, and you'll find it. Sweet. So to kind of give my perspective on it for anyone listening who's interested about this, it's one of the things I think that's really helpful about it. As opposed to a lot of programs, it's not like, here's the stuff to learn. Now go spend hours and hours going through everything and figuring it all out and kind of working on your own. There's two sessions a week and you basically go through everything together in those sessions. And once those are done, you're done. You can do extra outside of that. But at the end of those sessions, if you stop and you wait till the next session, then you're going to make progress. So time-wise it is worth it's it's efficient it's not going to take up absolutely tons of your time and it's only six weeks as well it also is very well structured in terms of everything that you cover at the beginning in terms of where you want to get to then you're breaking down okay well what's the issues that are stopping you from getting there okay with those issues where did those come up from how can we flush that out right once we've figured that out what are we going to do about that how are we going to stay on top of that what does that mean about identity? Like, so therefore, if you can change your identity and the way you think about yourself, that's going to help you to change those beliefs. It's like the whole thing's very well structured so that by the end of it, you've got everything in place that allows you to deal with the original thing that you're trying to deal with. It also uses the 80-20 principle really well. So it's all about boiling it down as something Itamar mentioned earlier when we got to which beliefs are negatively affecting your business. It's not, okay, now we're going to deal with all of them. It's what's the top three? Let's boil it down to that and really focus in on something that's going to have a concrete effect. So overall, here? yeah, go for it. So the point of it is not to get caught staring at your past. That's the difference. It's not about just staring at your past. It's about how can we move you forward as fast as possible? Now, sometimes you have to take a detour and figure out and resolve some stuff from your past, but it's all oriented towards getting your result and achieving a goal. I think that's kind of what you're alluding to, correct? Mm, yeah. Well, it's not only that it's about that, but it's, there's the whole structure that allows you to achieve that. It's not yep. like, okay, we've learned a bunch of stuff. Wasn't that really nice? It's like, no, no, no. Okay, we're really going to break this down into like, okay, what needs to actually happen every week, every day in order to now reach that goal? And it's something that you can actually do. It's broken down into a small enough step that you can do. So thoroughly recommend going and checking it out. If you have that 100K opportunity and you feel that, like Itamar says, if somebody with your same skill set could achieve more than you. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate you taking the time to share your wisdom with everybody. If you found the interview useful and you want to get future episodes, please subscribe wherever you listened. And Itamar, thanks again for coming on. Thank you, John.